this piece that you can hold to the end. Halo is starting to come in. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Act 3 is where Reverend Steve becomes his most angelic. Radiant. Radiant. Yes. Resplendent. Beautification. Yeah. Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for this so-called film podcast to casually stroll its way into the third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated out there, the third act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-cost, high-end fiber, and part of a balanced breakfast. Now, hold on there. They're not saying part of a healthy breakfast. They're saying of a balanced breakfast. Yes. So basically, this is like a balancing act where it's like, yeah, our cereal isn't unhealthy, but hey, if you eat two salads, yeah, uh-huh. then there you go. Breakfast balance. I, I love part of a balanced breakfast. Yes. Balance. As all things in the universe should be. Like Thanos. <laughs> In the cereal, but if it's not a healthy so, so, so breakfast is basically a gray Jedi. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, if it's not a healthy breakfast, but a balanced breakfast, anything can be in a balanced breakfast. Yes. Steak covered in chocolate sauce and cocaine. Part of a balanced breakfast, as long as afterwards you eat a hundred apples. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Balanced breakfast. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Movie of the week! And this week, we discuss how the road to hell is paved with good intentions with a look at the and I've never had to say the date in quotes before 2005 king of all bad movies dangerous men by John S. Rad <laughs> Buddy, so I have a question for you. Right off the bat, okay? Yes. So you get all of the worst movies out there, and you get them all together. The Room, Manos, Cats, Troll 2, uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, uh, Battlefield Earth, Oogie Loves, Birdemic, etc. You get all of those together and you put them in order. Where does this week's movie fit in to that list? How bad is this movie 
is it's, it's got to be the it's got to be the bottom, and I think I actually have to start ranking them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I really think this beats the Amazing Spider-Man. That's that was a tough act to beat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was. Was. All right. I, I love this week's film. So much. And I said this earlier on the podcast, but I personally believe that this week's movie is one of the worst movies of all time. And the thing, the one single thing that is holding this film back from being recognized as one of the worst movies of all time and from being a midnight movie that a bunch of people can get together and enjoy and have to take off like the rumor troll to is all of that damn rage. Oh my god. Well, that's, that's, that's basically what the fucking plot of the movie was. That everybody who oh, saw man. this girl for some reason wanted to rape her. Yeah. The entire goddamn movie is just. The film should have been titled Mondo Rape. Yeah. Jesus. Like, and, then she's, and then she's all like, well, I don't want to be raped, so let me kill these people. Which is yeah. fine, but it's like... A community theater production of Last House on the Left. Yeah. Or the Elaine Warno story. Or if you don't like that one, I've got a couple others. Um... Tommy Wiseau's I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> Okay, I got one more. Ed Wood's Straw Dogs. <laughs> yes. Yes. There were more rapes in this movie than Frozen had musical numbers. <laughs> oh, let it go. <laughs> Raping is better than people. I was, I was trying to do. Like a... Like a Frozen 2 parody, but I can't think of anything. Uh, and they they used similar looking people that shit just got really fucking confusing in the movie. I read somewhere, and I don't remember where I read it, and I don't remember if there was anything backing this up. But what I read was... John S. Rad is filming the movie in the 80s and he's filming it and he's filming it and like he gets 60% done with the film when the female star just finally says I've had enough, this is absolute shit I'm leaving and so he takes off and refuses to come back so at the last second he has to find a way to make 40% of the rest of the movie without her which is why it's like oh it's this woman and this man and they're in love and hold on honey I need to call my brother hello brother who is a policeman are you having fun on your vacation from policing policeman brother well, we'll see you 60% into the film when you take over for no reason. Bye! Click. So I this, I read that somewhere. I don't know if that's true or not because it's kind of like Manos. There's a lot of hearsay and speculation involved. Yeah. You know? The, the way I got it 
okay, is there's this guy, and he's in love with this girl, and she is killed in a convenience store robbery, and then he gets another girl, and is walking along the beach with her, then he gets killed, and she... Like, I really... Like, tries to get revenge by dating the killer. Okay, so there's the guy... Later on, he's fucking alive again, and he's a cop. Okay, so, so, no, those are two different guys. So there's the guy and the girl, and there's... And so's the biker guy she stabs to death. Yeah. So there's a guy and a girl, and they're in love with each other. The guy has a brother, and the brother is a cop, and that's the bro... That's... That cop brother is the one who stops the convenience store robbery, where another girl who is not the first girl is shot and killed. Okay. He's the brother's cop, and that was added in so that it makes a bit more sense 60% into the movie when the woman quits. And now, okay, this is a movie about the cop. This is a movie about the cop from the beginning now. But those are two different guys. So the brother is killed. And then the other brother, the, the man is killed. And then the man's brother, who is a cop, is like hunting down uh, the black pepper. Yes. Like a white guy. Who, who looks like uh, the, the bad guy at the end of the film. Looks like, oh, uh, Jake Busey fixed his teeth. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like, I kept thinking I recognized him just because he had a Busean vibe. He had a very Busean vibe, he did. Yeah. But uh, some random bikers see them on the beach, kill the husband, and then, like, one of the bikers gets killed and the other biker's, like, walking away. But then the girl's just like, oh, but wait, I'm finally free from my boyfriend and now I can be with you. This is all just, like, a trick to kill him. And then after that, she's just like, hey, that was fun to kill someone. I guess I'm just killing people now. Or maybe she's just like, okay, I killed that guy because he was rapey. I won't kill again unless someone else tries to rape me and then everyone tries to rape her. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, is like, is like, just kill him at the fucking beach. Why are you making this guy take you out to dinner first? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm but also, is there a sizzlers nearby? <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That was some smart thinking. Then get a room. Then get a room. Then take your fucking clothes off. Then have some weirdly specific activities you want him to do to you. First, I want you to rub my knees. I want you to rub my knees. What's that? I'm and then I want you to lick my belly button. I promise I don't have a knife in my butt. Surprise, I do. You just got stabbed with my rapey butt knife. That's my, uh, that's my G.G. Allen cover band right there. Rapey butt knife. 
That's my that's my bad name. Originally we were called Eagle Eye Cherry, but then someone took that name. So now we're Rapey Butt Knife. That was just the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And then there are so many scenes that pop up that have absolutely no basis whatsoever on the rest of the movie. Like, uh, like, uh, the Cartoon Home Movies. Yeah. Which was a precursor to Burgers. Everybody loves Bob's Burgers, but, but all of the people on Bob's Burgers met doing uh, home movies for Adult Swim, and Brendan Small is like a little eight-year-old boy who also wants to be a movie maker, and he's making a movie, and it's like, oh, maybe we need to cut some scenes, and his friend Jason is like, well, we could cut the scene where you're taking an eight-hour nap. Yeah. And then Brendan goes, but if we cut up, if we cut that scene out, then no one will understand the scene where I wake up. <laughs> that that's basically how this movie works. So like the tense, so like there's the tense picking up a debit card scene. Yes. Oh, we need to see her pick up a debit card from like her father. Tense drama. Yes. Come to expect. Oh, and, and don't forget, I was on the edge of my seat for the riveting rental car scene. Yes. Gonna go get a rental car. We need to see the whole thing. One of my favorite parts, of course, a lot of people online say that their favorite part is the nonsensical uh, belly dancer scene. But my favorite, beyond a doubt, is the naked British man who yes. just gets five minutes to wander the desert naked being angry at his penis. Yes. That's one of my favorite scenes. There's also a scene where uh, there's a black cop that we've seen once or twice and he gets a phone call from his girlfriend and his girlfriend wants loving and we see a naked sex scene for like eight seconds. Yes. And then we never see the cop again. <laughs> why did you just show us a second sex scene and then have the guy disappear and very, very, if you think about that though very Glenn or Glenda yes very Glenn or Glenda blind uh, black pepper is running from the cops and ending in a house where a blind woman just happens to have a World War II Luger under her blanket. Yeah. Just a blind woman with a gun, just waiting for someone to come into the house. And it's like, oh, every day, I hope for the day that some person breaks into my house so I can shoot them. Because she can't shoot anybody because she's blind. But if yeah. someone breaks into her house, this is her one and only chance to use her gun. And she's blind. She's blind. In yes. Like, who's there? Who's there? Huh? She's blind with a gun. Blind woman with a gun. I love this movie so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I fully believe that this could be considered one of the worst movies ever. And I said this to the podcast. I have never turned on a movie. And within 10 seconds, the film score 
had me rolling on the floor. Yes. That was fascinating. That blew me away. So, okay. So, as you can see from the credits, the film was written and produced and directed and edited and music composed and set decorated and etc. by one man whose name is listed as John S. Rabb. Yes. He made the movie and then paid for a week-long run of the film in five L.A. movie theaters in 2005 when he finally finished it. The one-week run earned roughly $2,238, but when you consider how much renting the theaters cost in its first and only week uh, in its first release, the film earned roughly $70. Okay. But uh, apparently the the week-long run was so bad that uh, a movie theater on Sunset Strip, I think, uh, picked it up as a midnight film. And so journalist Paul Cullum saw the movie during the week-long run, and then when the movie was released again as a midnight movie, he tracked down and interviewed John S. Rad for an article that came out in LA Weekly entitled The Passion of the Rad. Okay. And this one article, this one interview, and then some other interview with some uh, online website, but this is all the information we have on John S. Rad. And so it's difficult to fully put your finger on who John S. Rad is because He's finally being interviewed about himself and about the movie he made. So basically, what he says about himself and his successes, we can believe about as much as William Shatner or Stanley. Yes. You know? Or or when Trump used to pretend to be his own publicist. Yes. So, uh, so there was an article, The Passion of the Rad, um... The creator of Dangerous Men is an Iranian man by the name of Jahangir Salehi Yeganakrad. I will not be saying that again. I will just be calling him John Okay. This is probably not pronounced Good Lord knows I just totally demolished that name. He was raised in Tehran, and his family had a bunch of money, because apparently his dad was a successful physician for the army, in the Iranian army. Uh, at first, John S. Rad was apparently a successful architect. Yeah. And making a bunch of money as an architect, but then he said, no, my passion is filmmaking. And it reminds me of uh, when we first started the podcast and I was obsessed with uh, lawyer turned rapper Adam Warrock. Yes. Loved that man. We, we, we occasionally have talked on Twitter. And uh, he doesn't make music anymore, but there are songs of his that are just hit songs here in the house. So apparently, in the same way that Adam Warrock was a successful lawyer but left it to rap about yes. comic books and TV shows, uh, John S. Rad, yes, Bella? There's a severed bird head outside. Can you come over here? Facebook Marketplace is amazing. 
<laughs> Can you say that again? There's a severed bird head outside the backyard. Okay. Bella finding a severed bird head is the happiest I've seen her in a very long time. That's, that's something. Yes. Can you find a severed bird head? I don't know, probably in high school. You can see its skull, but also its eyeball. Oh, this is a rite of passage. <laughs> Much, much like I was in high school and found a severed bird head, now it's your turn to be in high school and find a severed bird head. Thank you so much, if, if you put it on a shish kebab skewer, you can have a little puppet show. No, I what, a, what a funny word, skewer. 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 So, okay, so Jonas Rad. Uh, became a filmmaker and apparently released 11 films in Farsi. Uh, but then in 1979, the revolution happened and the Shah was deposed and the Ayatollah Khomeini came into power and started asking people up. So John Ashwad fled Iran, but without his wealth, without his money, and he moved to LA and he allegedly released some other English language movies, but there's no record of them at all. Yeah. Uh, but. John S. Rad still wanted to be a filmmaker, so in 1984, he filmed Dangerous Men. Uh, after filming started in 1984, I went on through 1984 and 1985, uh, it then took him over 20 years to complete the film. So this film was... Uh, filmed in 84 and 85 and released in 2005 to no fanfare. But I understand why he would take 20 years to complete the film, because you need to get the naked British guy just right. Yes, you do. You know, just <clears throat> beauty. So the movie played in a few theaters, then it started running in Sunset Strip as a midnight film, and then... Um, and so, John S. Rad, unlike uh, Ed Wood, John S. Rad was one of those people who made a horrible movie and then lived to see it be a horrible movie that people laughed at. Yeah. And so he, he would say, like, hey, uh, people said that me making and this movie is impossible, but impossible is impossible. I made the film, and whether people love it or laugh at it, I'm getting a reaction, which is just the sort of thing that someone who makes a horrible movie says. Yes. It's like the end of Anne God Spoke, basically. So, uh, but then, uh, two years after uh, the film was released, uh, John S. Rad died. And then the movie sort of disappeared, but in 2015, the film was dusted off and released in theaters by, Am by uh, uh, Alamo Draft House. And that tracks, because more people should see this film. And like I said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions is the theme of the episode. And the thing that makes this such a good movie is that it's house sharks. That's a it was made for about $5,000, it's on Amazon, it's about a house that's infested with walking 
uh, oxygen-breathing sharks. That movie isn't trying to be the best movie in the world. A lot of movies nowadays, what well, with streaming and straight-to-DVD, a lot of movies are being released. Thanks, Sharknado, that are specifically designed to be shit. Yes. You know, a lot of people are making movies. Oh, uh, you know, Invasion of the Coronavirus Lesbian Vampires 2. A lot of people are trying to make bad movies, but the ones that really hit the room... Troll 2, Dangerous Men, are films where the director is 110% convinced that what they're making is 10 Citizen Kane's. <laughs> okay. And there's a goddamn heart to this horrible fucking movie with like a million rapes. It's just rapes of planet. This is just the rape show starring rape. Yes. Like, uh... Uh, hi, I'd like a number four. Uh, can I get that super size with a Shasta? Yeah, sure, that'll be 1084. Also, I'm going to rape you. Because every man in this movie is just rape. Yes. But there's a heart. The film has a heart. A yeah, heart I, could, I, could, I could pass on I could pass on this heart for, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Love this movie. I'm gonna try and work the the theme, which I've dubbed "Love Theme" from Dangerous Men. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna tr- work it into some of my story times now. That's my new thing. <laughs> to work the theme from Dangerous Men. Do you have the dead bird head right there in front of me? That's what. That's what you you're playing with the dead bird head in front of me. Bella, you have you have a darkness inside of you. Don't follow that darkness. Let me tell you what happens. You end up as a lumberjack in Canada is what happens. That's right. And people will be pissed. We don't really have cookies. That's a lie. That's the exact lie the dark side would tell you. Oh. I told Natasha, I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't have a WandaVision ends. You want me to tell WandaVision ends? Wanda Maximoff is a lumberjack in Canada. <laughs> yes. That was 100% right. She, she's a lumberjack in Canada, and she wakes up in bed next to Suzanne Clichette. Nice. amazing. Yeah. And then, and then they all end up at Cheers. <laughs> How weird that Ted Danson got a second chance. Of all the people to get a second chance, never thought Ted Danson would be one of those people. What do you mean a second chance? I mean he, he was a star for he was a star for four seasons on a Good Place, and now he's the star of his own show called Mr. Mayor on NBC, which I believe was picked up for a second season. Like, like he's out there. But he's yeah, like, always been out there. You just kind of lose track of him from time to time. But he also had that show Beckett for a long time. And he had another yes. fucking show that I can't think of. Like, this bitch has worked consistently. Yeah. Becker? Was it Becker? I think Beckett. it was Beckett, I think. That show was on for a lot longer than I think people realize. 
with Shawnee Sawgirl. Yeah, I would watch. I would watch Becker only because Becker's friend was uh, the the woman I liked from Deep Space Nine. Or, or yes. Deep Space Nine. She was original. She was Jazia Dax on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked her. I had a big crush on her from Deep Space Nine, so I would watch Becker just so I could just so I could see her. Yeah. So, uh, so that's all I've got for this week's movie. People need to find this. I put I, what I've been trying to do lately is that if what we're doing is like a really bad movie and I can legally get away with it, I'll like put I'll get like a one scene and I'll put it on Twitter and I'll say, hey, we're doing this movie this week and uh, it's a crazy one and here you go. But this week, like I couldn't find just one, so I ended up putting three different scenes on Twitter. Yeah. This morning, and I was like, I gotta put, I gotta put the the robbery scene. Okay, you fucking bitch, you asked for it, man. And she goes, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I had to put that one in, and then like, oh, but wait, I have to put the scene where she pretends to be a cat. Like, what the fuck type of manic pixie dream girl fucking crazy ass Bjork nonsense is that? Where she just crawling around the floor? <laughs> like, it's okay, so I'll put two clips and then there you go. But then I had to put in the tense final battle between the cop brother and Black Pepper. Ah. Well, do you think we can get away with running the movie? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But I know that the music is 100% not copyrighted. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know. I don't know. It's Alamo Draft House, I think. No! No, it's just Draft House. They made I, it I will up. always call it Alamo Draft House. I will always call it Alamo Draft House, just period. But it has nothing to do with Alamo it's not, Draft it's, House. It's, it's, it's just fried, fried chicken. chicken. <laughs> it's fried. It's Kleenex. Don't bother me with this KFC nonsense. That pissed me off. It's Stranger Things in season two. Stephen and Nancy go and have a dinner at Barb's parents' house. And it is something wrong, Steve? Oh, no, I loved KFC. Fuck you! It was Kentucky Fried Chicken back then! No one would have called it a KFC, Steve, you fuckface! Just like, just like the kids getting to the end of Dragon's Lair. That game was impossible! Yeah. No way you got to the end of Dragon's Lair! And also that game cost like $10 in quarters. There's no way. No way. No way, not at all. And it was... Stupid! It was just a shit game. It was great to watch. I enjoyed watching oh, yeah. other people play that game. But it's like, really, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the scene to finish so I can move the joystick one of four directions. That's it. Yeah. You know what? Next week, I'm gonna try and. And get that cat filter that the lawyer had. 
the cat go about getting the cat filter that the lawyer had? I don't know. The cat, the cat filter. Did it? I, I. Okay, I think I figured it out. Okay, uh, mouse, bunny rabbit, pig, deer, bear, lioness, unicorn. I'm really close. Where's the cat? <gasps> There's a midsummer one? Uh-oh. Oh, well, hold on. I need to try something here. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. This is my filter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 100% worth it. So happy. Look at your face. Oh, my gosh. It's just beaming. Hold on a second. This isn't just... Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Uh-oh. I've got two. Yeah. I've got a flower crown over a flower crown. Ooh, yes. look at that. I can F with it. It's <laughs> mid-solar section. This was fun. This was fun. For me, probably not for any viewers or listeners, but it was fun for me. No, this is fun. And that's what counts. Yeah, that's what counts. That's all I've got for this week. You really gotta watch this film. This is a see-to-be-believed film, and it's a lot of fun. But, trigger warning, rapes a planet. Rape a Lusa over here. The rapist fair. Rapes a plane. Rapes a poppin'. Yes. Crazy. Next week, we continue our strange, bizarre trip to uh, different corners of the world of cinema. When you say Adam Costello, you think of a handful of films. Yes. When I think of Adam Costello, I think of the Who's on First Routine, and then I think of Adam Costello meets Frankenstein, and that's it. Yeah. I found the film they did. It's from 1948, and I'm sure that it won't be offensive at all. The film is called Mexican Hayride. Okay. I am 100% certain that it, nothing at all will be offensive in this film, Abbott and Costello go to Mexico. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Uh, uh, we, we, can, we can trust them. Yeah, they're Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Nothing at all offensive is going to be in this film. Pure and wholesome. I've never seen this movie before. I, I, I didn't even know it existed, but I found a copy of it. It's already on our shared top Next week, we're doing Adam Costello in Mexican Hayride! Um, we, we were going to do a Kenny Rogers movie, but I decided that that would be too painful after Dangerous Men. Ah. This might be a racist film, but at least Adam Costello are funny. Okay. So, so that's what we're doing next week. And also, be sure to tune in next week for the excitement that is Cow Tools. Cow Tools. Cow Tools. But that's next week. Now I'm looking back at this week. Oh, man. John S. Rabb. 
Slavery exclamation point. Dr. Seuss. Uh, the Black History Month Challenge. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good, somewhat good, slightly favorable episode of this podcast. It's been a damn good episode. A solid damn good. Okay, I, I feel the same way. I just didn't want to step on your toes because I know you're the person who makes those distinctions. You're the judge, Julie of the show, and I didn't want to step on your toes, but yes, I concur with your assessment, a good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams, and I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else in the house, I just want to say... Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! Don't no forget about the dead bird in the making of this podcast, are <laughs> 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 Do 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 do